Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So many things going on. Let's start with the whistleblower. They need to be protected, right? At all costs and believed, right? Until now. Uh, Well, yeah, until now. Some whistleblowers from the FBI are testifying on Capitol Hill about abuses and political actions taken by FBI leadership. Those are the allegations that they are laying out right now. One of the men is an FBI staff operations specialist named Marcus Allen. Uh, he had his security clearance revoked because he sent articles that questioned the FBI's handling of the Capitol riot, saying like, hey, you got to be really careful. He said it was open source material, meaning publicly available material mm-hmm. that he was sending to people investigating the so-called insurrection, blah, blah, blah. And for right. that, he says that's part of his job. The FBI says you were warned about sharing this stuff. You're hindering the investigation and we are pulling your uh, your security clearance. Uh, Democrats, though, are now trying to make this guy out to be an insurrectionist. (laughs) And one of the funniest exchanges happened this morning. Representative Linda Sanchez asked him about a tweet that he didn't send, but I guess she searched for his name on Twitter and found something that she thought she could use. These people are clueless, man. Wow. Okay, roll it. Mr. Allen, have you ever used Twitter? Yes or no? I have utilized Twitter, yes. Okay, and is your account at Marcus A970506645? That is absolutely not my account. Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, (laughs) an account under the name Marcus Allen. Hold on. So she keeps going with that account? Yes. He just said it wasn't his. It's not his account. Not mine. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know. (laughs) Is that Linda Sanchez or is that AI that doesn't know when to stop the questioning? Okay, it's not his account, so whatever you're going to say doesn't matter. That's a fair question in 2023. Yes. Just wondering. An Mm -hmm. account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That is not my account, ma'am. You haven't let me finish the question, sir. It's not his account. There could be no question. Do you understand that? It's not his account. There's a man in Belgium who opened up an account under the name David Van Camp, sir. (laughs) There seem to be some interesting financial transactions that would indicate fraud. Are you a fraudster, sir? It's not me. It's not that David Van Camp. But let me finish the question, sir. That's the craziest thing. Like there's one Marcus Allen in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's another account by the name of Steve Smith. She was going for the gotcha, too, when she did the whole address. All right. She was going to get him. Go ahead. You haven't let me finish the question. And the time is mine. On December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th. Retweet if you agree, end quote. Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? That that is I don't no ma'am. That's not my account at all. I have I'm no asking idea. whether you agree with that well, statement. For God's yes or no. Sakes. 
Okay. What is going so, on? I'm trying to save it. So the line I was going, I, if she has a staff at all, they didn't check to see if that was this Marcus Allen's account. But forget it. Uh, I'll frame this as a question then from what that other Marcus said to yeah. you. Well, no. It's, and again, it's not my account, you dope. We all know that Marcuses think alike. If one Marcus retweets something, then all Marcuses agree with it. Okay? Are you a member of the Marcus Allen Insurrection Club? <laughs> God. Jeez, man. That's not the only time Linda Sanchez has sounded like a complete buffoon either. I mean, she's got a record of this. Oh, wow. she's done it before, huh? Yeah, she said yeah. some pretty dumb things. I know that comes as a huge... Yeah. Surprise. But again, I thought whistleblowers were to be protected. But not now. Oh, no. Not now. Uh-uh. Because, oh, boy, we can't have the deep state stories getting out. Oh, everyone, go into effect right now. We need to protect this. Mm-hmm. Big tech. We need all of legacy media. Uh, people on the left in Congress. We all got to stand together on this one. Wow, man. It's fascinating. More on that later. New York is at a breaking point. That's yeah. the title of the story, David. Yeah, New York City reportedly reached its breaking point in the ongoing migrant crisis because a bunch of illegal immigrants continue to seek asylum, even though the overwhelming majority of them don't actually qualify, but Joe Biden has let them on in anyway. Uh, during a press conference yesterday, uh, Ann Williams-ism, the deputy mayor for health and human services in New York City, says that over 67,000 migrants arrived in the city since last year with an average of six to 700 new arrivals per day. To me, that's pretty good. Those would be great numbers for Del Rio. Man, oh, man. I mean, uh, but said that, yes, New York City is really in the midst of a terrible crisis, uh, and there are over 150 emergency sites and nine humanitarian crisis centers being used, uh, the ninth being the Roosevelt Hotel, a historic New York hotel that will now serve as a 24-hour migrant center. I saw one report that said something like 50% of the Manhattan hotels are being are, have an occupancy dealing with migrants. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Then, yeah, the title of the story, New York is at a breaking point, would be true. Yes. Over 50%. Well, again, if you're Texas, Arizona, wherever... Do you have this influx? That's what you're supposed to do. What else are you going to do? You got nowhere to put people. Nope. And again, it's been stated so many times. Yeah, that's somebody else's problem until it comes to your yeah. city or your town. And there's a protest yesterday because New York is going to be putting migrants in school gymnasiums. Yes. Did you see the protests out there? Yeah. It looked very much like South Shore in Chicago. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, because it's not the upper middle class. I mean, no. uh, mostly white, uh, uh, right. wealthier schools that are going to deal with this. It's mostly uh, middle and lower income uh, African-American families who are going to have to deal with this. Right. And because of all of this, and we can get to it a little bit later. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you see her out there? Yeah. Time to impeach Biden. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's not doing his job, letting all these people in illegally. He's just he needs to be impeached. It's funny because when you hear her lay it out, she makes a lot of sense. But we'll get to that a little bit later. There was an update I saw that I thought was interesting on the Nashville Covenant School shooter and the Tranifesto. Mm-hmm. Manifesto, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And people are saying, hey, where is it? 
You know, we want to see it. Well, the school has filed a motion to protect sensitive information about the school and its employees in this manifesto. Had you heard about this before? No. Hmm. To me, that makes sense. Because, again, we don't know what's in it. I think we deserve to know what's in it. But if you need to redact some of the information about people that work within that school, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I think so, because whenever this thing gets released, there are going to be radicals out there ready to take out a pound of flesh. Absolutely. And and I, I mean, from the alphabet mafia. And so there there may be a harassment campaign on the way for anybody who worked in that school. So, again, I when I hear law enforcement saying we're not releasing this because of, you know, sensitive information – Nobody cares about the date of birth of any particular employee. Nobody really cares right. that much about detailed schematics of the overall building layout. It, it want to know why she did what she did. Yes. And one of the things that we heard early on is it would be terrifying for people to read this. Okay. I think you can paint that picture of what that looks like without putting people that work at the school or, like you said exactly where everything is in that building to put those people at risk further. There's an easy way to do that, I would think. So I thought that was an interesting twist, but it is pretty fascinating that we're two months into this and still no idea what's in that manifesto. Can you ever remember a time that one was covered up like this? No. No, I mean... Because it hurts the narrative from the Alphabet Mafia. Yeah, we had the uh, Buffalo Shooters Manifesto in a matter of, what, hours? Yes. And then, on a much lighter note, this whole story with Harry and Meghan. I thought this thing was done yesterday. Dude, so, yeah, they claimed that after leaving some gala event or whatever... Yeah. They're they're going back to their hotel, and they say they were involved in a potentially dangerous or deadly car chase with the paparazzi. For two hours. For two hours <laughs> in Manhattan. Yeah. In Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. This high-speed chase through the streets of Manhattan. People just wanting to get pictures of Harry and Meghan on their Please Respect My Privacy Tour. <laughs> yes. And then you start seeing more information trickle out, and police sources are telling outlets like the Washington Post and New York Times, like, there was no high-speed chase. I mean, there was a security protocol where they drove around for like an hour and 15 minutes, stopped at the 19th precinct, uh, waited about 15 more minutes, got into a different cab, and then went to their uh, where they were staying on the Upper East Side. I mean, But, like, one of the drivers said, uh, no one was following us. We had a police detail, but no one was following us. But then Eric Adams, the mayor, was out there. This is a densely populated city. I think all of us, I don't think there's many of us who don't recall how uh, his mom died. And it would be horrific to lose an innocent bystander during a chase like this and something to have happened uh, to them as well. So I think we have to be extremely responsible. (laughs) <laughs> he also said he thought it was hard to believe that would have been going on for two hours. Yeah. So what is this whole thing? And these other New Yorkers are saying it's impossible. Right. There is no high-speed chase in Manhattan. There, There isn't one. And I'm guessing this is just to get attention? Well, 
I mean, I would assume you're absolutely right about that. They've been on the news cycle now for, what, 48 hours? <laughs> so you got you got to jump back in somehow. But it's strange because you have the Good Morning Americas and Today Shows and CBS. It's like catnip. Oh, and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, not that many people care. It doesn't seem, but I don't know. They know their ratings, I guess. But again, it just seems like a made-up thing. Yeah, so like, strange. Uh, We're victims again. Right. I mean, they probably did initially have some photographers that wanted to take pictures, but and no one involved is saying that people almost died. No. Or that there was a high-speed chase. Right. It was almost catastrophic. Like, okay. It was like an OJ chase. <laughs> All right. So a lot to get to. And some election warnings for the GOP. This is really interesting. Straight ahead. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I mentioned I saw this piece in the Wall Street Journal saying more election warnings for the GOP. It was talking about losing the mayoral race in Jacksonville and another one in Colorado. And basically what it's saying is Republicans are losing the suburbs. That is troubling. And then I think about the presidential election coming up. And I know there are some people who will say it's got to be Trump. It has to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a good part of me that understands that. The other part is, okay, can Trump win in the suburbs? I don't see it. Yeah. Not with suburban women. Well, I don't see it, man. Well, I, I, think, I hope I'm wrong. I think with the uh, Jacksonville race, uh, which was somewhat narrow, I think, what was it, a four-point differential or something like that? The turnout, right? Yeah, no, but but one thing is that Trump was not that was not a Trump endorsed candidate. The DeSantis endorsed that guy, uh, and Trump has, has. Oh, I'm not laying that to blame Trump. Right. Oh, okay. I'm talking in general suburbs across yeah. America. But also, I'm I, I was reading. You know, local folks were were saying like the Republican barely even showed up to campaign. Like, didn't really have a functional social media presence, things like that. And so there, there is always the risk of overreading things in there in whatever race you're talking about. Because in there, and you didn't have turnout either in yeah. that race. Right. Yeah. So that's one. Well, it's always been Republican. It's going to win. Yeah. So you think you're just looking past the yeah. opponent there. Yeah. You, you, you can't get lazy. That's for sure. Well, was the opponent a dinosaur, moderate sort of Democrat? I mean, not the woke, nonsense, far-left, progressive nut jobs. Well, you got to be somewhat woke or you can't run in those circles anymore. Yeah, I just wondered you know, if there were some, some people Donna, that voted Republican ordinarily. Well, also, Donna Deegan was a former TV anchor. That helps. And had some name recognition, face recognition, obviously. and so that So she won. My biggest takeaway from all of it is suburban women. That is going to be one of the big deciders of the next presidential election. And they have to be comfortable voting for who they think is going to be the best president. And it's beyond my mind how someone can vote for Biden. But I talk to people all the time that as far as Trump goes, it's anybody but him. And I think that's what Trump has to try to overcome. I don't know if he can do it. Do you think he can over? You think he can overcome that? Um, and I could be oversimplifying yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. 
I don't really think you are. I, I, but I, I, can he overcome it? Can he change chameleon-like and all of a sudden become softer um, and more thoughtful? I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't it's think whatever so. whatever is going to connect with and the typical suburban woman voter. Well, you and think, I know that that's a broad brush yeah, it, because there yeah. are plenty of women in the suburbs that are conservative and would absolutely vote for Trump. But there's not enough. But the state of our country. Uh, it's not Why good would enough. you vote for more of that? You're right. You're right. It's I think enough. you're right. I think you're right. But even that, when still you hasn't say, really affected them. The state of the country, again, if you are not tuned to news and getting it from different sources and you only catch a few things on social media or Good Morning America, you have no idea what's going on. Everything might be just peachy or certainly not as bad as it really is. So I don't know. Oh, David, Joe, oh, we got to get to this other story. Joe boots Kamala and ends up with Fetterman, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, see, now I'm going to get sidetracked. Did you see the story where Biden's running because he knows that Kamala would be an absolute disaster? Oh, really? Yes. Might be the that he smart. was thinking about not running, and then he's like, I'm absolutely running because he knows what a crazy disaster that would yeah. be. Imagine. Uh, the story out of Minnesota with R. Kelly, David. Yeah, this is this is amazing. Uh, so Minnesota prosecutors have dropped sex abuse charges against R. Kelly. Uh, this is the case where he invited a 17-year-old girl to his hotel room back in 20, uh, 2001 and uh, paid her 200 bucks to dance naked with him. Hmm. They dropped the charges because that dude's probably going to spend the rest of his life in prison on federal charges. So they said, that's really not worth actually the expenditure to go through a trial. Now, the victim obviously is is ticked off because she wanted to have her day in court. But, I mean, imagine committing so many crimes that prosecutors are just like, guys already put away. What's the point? I got to tell you, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Why waste any more time? He's right. not getting out, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably not. His, his afterlife will be prison anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> Something else we got to get to. Uh, a social worker. All four sex changes for kids. Yeah, that's all good. Saying, yeah, I don't give anything in writing to avoid detection. That's all part of it. Plus a round of What's Your Story? Straight ahead, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. Got the rainbow colors on today. That's a good look. Okay. Rainbow colors? What? Yeah. Your Florida Marlins hat, it has the rainbow colors in it. Oh. I wasn't suggesting that it was an LGBTQ plus flag, Scott. Well, I mean... I, I wasn't suggesting well, that. It's just I, it's you're flying the no, Marlins I, flag I got a today. Miami Marlins hat on yes. today, yes. Yeah. Uh, David, this is a social worker that yeah. doesn't give anything in writing, and why is that? Well, uh, so Chris Rufo has been dropping a major story about Texas Children's Hospital. Now, today, the Texas State Legislature has passed a bill that would ban sex change procedures for children, mm -hmm. which is great news. What yes. is it now? We're up to 16 states that are doing this? Yes. Um, anyway, this, this is what Chris Rufo has been reporting about Texas Children's Hospital. Last year, they said they were stopping its child sex change program, but it secretly restarted the program just three days after the announcement. And Rufo got <laughs> video of a call that officials associated with the hospital and the program had and I, I would play the audio for you, but it's very, very low quality. Okay. And so I 
I had to listen to it like four times to understand it. So uh, during a presentation at Baylor College of Medicine, quote unquote, gender affirming social worker Roxanne Palmer says that when she refers minors for sex change procedures, she avoids potential CPS investigations by not giving anything in writing to parents saying, quote, I could lose my license. <laughs> if you can't put something well, yeah. in writing, especially something that's a medical procedure recommendation or referral for a kid, mm-hmm. then you should lose your license. Yes, you should. If it's this wonderful thing, why do you want to keep it secret? Some of these people, I, we've said this before, are brainwashed to think this is the best thing for kids. I don't know how many that is. Others are just motivated by money because these gender clinics are popping up all across the United States, and it's a massive amount of money. So it's one or the other, it seems. And it's amazing to me in that uh, when I hear this, I think of this audio that you heard, but, you know, the audio quality was low. Mm -hmm. This used to be the stuff years ago, and it might even be before you were even born in 87, David of a 60 Minutes undercover would have this type of story. And that's why you would would have to watch it because it was a fascinating story, and they got the bad guy. And now what does Legacy Media do? They protect these people. Yeah. I mean, it's insanity. I mean, you have a system put in place now where people are secretly entering children into an experimental surgical or uh, medicinal uh, experiment. <laughs> I mean, you cannot, you cannot tell me that mo- most people in this country. I mean, most people who don't spend a lot of time t- thinking about this or watching right. a lot of news or anything. You cannot convince me that this wouldn't be the biggest story. You're right. Even ten years ago, this would be the biggest story in the nation. There's no doubt about it. But what's happening now is they're trying to keep that story from people. And so for those that do report on it and then talk about it, all it is is, well, you're, they're transphobic. Yeah. You know, they're hateful. Agents of hate. Whatever you want to call it. It's total insanity. Well, there was the old joke, right, that uh, you knew your day was going to be bad if Mike Wallace was waiting in the lobby for you. Yeah. Oh, 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because th- th- those were the days they would have broke stories like this. Yes. Yeah. And now you can break stories as independent media. You just got to get the message out there. Yeah, you got to figure out a way to reach more people. Yeah, Isn't that what Barack Obama said the other day was what keeps him up at night? Is It used to be we're all united because there was three networks and everybody had the same sense of reality. And now it's completely different. Well, left media is trying to hide facts from people. That's a huge part of it. And it's propaganda. Because, yes, it used to be you could, you know, you didn't agree with everything from CBS. But usually if 60 Minutes was cracking down on something, you at least thought maybe it was naive. It was for the greater good. Yeah. It was like when they busted the whole thing on smoking. Did you know it was bad for you? Yeah. Yeah. Barack, remember the good old days when there was no contrary opinion? Right. That's what he was that saying. That was fun. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Now, if you were to break that story now, it would be like, well, no, that's just lung damage affirming care. <laughs> right. Smoking. Right. Right. How how dare you get in the way of that? Kids should want to smoke. That's who they are. They were born to be smokers.
<laughs> you keep the cigs flowing, okay? You can clearly see from this sonogram he's holding a Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's that time of the show. Going around the room. This may not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention and it's worthy of the show. David, today, what's your story? I can't get enough of this story. So okay. BuzzFeed News shut down. Oh, uh, mm. because, well, they weren't making any money. And it just wasn't a viable product. And also, the writers had formed a union. And BuzzFeed was like, well, screw you. We're shutting it down. Whoa, uh, I thought the left was all about the union. Uh, not when it's their money they're playing with. Right. Oh. Exactly. Uh, okay. But the union representing the writers is still wanting to negotiate something. This what? is unreal, man. Okay, so they put this out on Twitter. Even though BuzzFeed News has closed down, we're still at the bargaining table, making sure everyone losing their jobs is being treated fairly. You have no leverage. Do you understand? <laughs> it's, it's, it's laughable. I don't know yeah. what else to say. Uh, BuzzFeed. I'm looking at Robbins. He's laughing. Well, it's ridiculous. They say BuzzFeed is choosing to cut loose four members of our union, including the lowest paid workers and women of color, without the safety net that everyone else will have. Because apparently under New York law, they still have to be paid 12 weeks if they were assigned to the New York office. But these four other workers that aren't going to get this benefit were not assigned to the New York office. Well, then you don't get it. Then you don't get it. You're right. I, but it's a person of color. <laughs> which trumps everything, I guess. The com- They write this, actually. The company refuses to do anything more than they are legally required, leaving four members out of the additional pay. God, imagine that. Yeah. Doing nothing more than you're legally required in a corporation. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I mean, it, it's like, would it be nice if they would take care of them? Yeah, it would be nice. But they don't have to. No, and they're not going to. And what negotiating power do you have at this point? The organization doesn't exist. There no, is no BuzzFeed News. If you don't do this, we're not going to come to work. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> because you have no jobs. Right. There's nowhere to go. It's like calling up an ex. I know we're broke up, but we need to talk about vacation plans next year. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, you don't get it. We're not together. It's over. Oh, boy, howdy. All right, it's What's okay. Your Story going around the room. Not the biggest story of the day, but you like this story, Scott. What is it? Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the work of an actress by the name of Evangeline Lilly. She was on Lost, and uh, she was also an Ant-Man Wasp, the whole movie series. Yeah. Well, she's out there speaking her mind these days, and I found it very interesting. She said in a recent interview, why are we only applauding masculinity in women and villainizing it in men? Uh-oh. And why are we only applauding femininity in men and debasing it in women? Uh-oh. Why can't we just allow for all of it? Why do we feel the need to vilify a guy because he wears ass kickers drives a pickup truck, and he's not afraid to punch you in the face? <laughs> but if that were a woman, she'd be the epitome of cool. This has got to stop. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming her career in Hollywood is now over. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not it a bad question, like, though. It's, it's not a bad not, question. But for an actress in Hollywood, yeah. that takes some guts, if you like your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was interesting. Uh, for my story today, for What's Your Story, uh, I hear this back and forth. And I'm like, okay, we got to get this on the air. This started, I saw a piece of hot air from David Strom. And it just said, you cannot reason with these people. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is about. So I read it. And he said, you know, a lot of Americans have not grasped a simple fact. The modern left does not believe in reason, which is true. 
Well, it's all feelings, yeah. It's all feelings, And identity, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. And he said, it's not hyperbole. It's a simple statement of fact. It's the central truth of critical theory, which underlies DEI and CRT and trans ideology, you know, all of the modern ills we lump together as wokeism. And anytime you try to use reason, they'll say you're trying to enforce white supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. And he said, it, here is like an example. In Canada, there's this politician. He's in the opposition party, which means he has some semblance of common sense. Pierre Polivare. I don't know if you've heard of him. Doesn't really matter. You hear this exchange with a reporter as as the politician is trying to reason and just give reason. This is about people getting out on bail and committing more crimes. Same problem that we have in the United States. But the reporter just doesn't seem to understand. And it's this maddening exchange that I couldn't help but think, what will Robin say to this back and forth? Let's enjoy it together. Talk about bail. The crime has already happened, or the alleged crime has already happened. So how can you attribute bail to this increase in crime and not, should, we, should there not be more supportive measures to prevent the crime in the first place? Well, now the politician. The, uh, the, You're talking about someone being on bail. They've already allegedly committed the crime. So where, you know. They're committing crimes on bail. That's the problem. The problem is, I'll give you an example. In Vancouver, the same 40 offenders were arrested 6,000 times in a year. That's 150 arrests per offender per year. Why? Because they're arrested in the morning, then they're released on bail by noon, they reoffend, they're back in jail by two in the afternoon, and then they're released by the evening so that they can commit their final crime before they go to bed. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple to understand. Yeah. yeah. you got to keep them in jail. Yes. The reporter is not getting that. The failure of the, the system to not support people who have committed oh, crimes, gone God to jail, sakes. serve their, their sentence, you know. And then they're committing another crime. So is this not a failure of things like social services ah. and support for people who have committed crimes? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> I'm asking you. No, question. I mean, are you serious? Come on, you're telling me. No, excuse me. Let, let me answer your question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Are you honestly saying that it's society's fault if a repeat violent offender commits 60 or 70 offenses? I think that criminal is to blame for his own actions. He is personally responsible. We're not talking about some kid who made one mistake when he was 19. We're talking about people who do 60, 70 violent offenses. And then they're... <laughs> okay. As he starts talking again, I can't help but going through my mind. As if one of us could have been there to say, but is he a Michael Jackson impersonator? Does he dance good? <laughs> do you have a picture of him with his child? Yeah, that would be good too. Holding the baby? Hmm. Anyway, it goes on. There's not much left. And then they're because they're criminals. But why are they criminals? Because they do crime. Yeah. So why do they do crime? Because we let them out early on bail. So because they got I think let we out. solved the riddle here. Because they got let out early on bail. That's right. They then commit the crime. That's right. So that's what the, that's what all the experts agree is the cause of the crime. So have they stayed in jail the whole time on on bail in in jail, not on bail, as you say. 
they would then not commit crimes. Because they'd be in jail. Yeah, so yeah. They couldn't commit crimes. I mean, when they get out at the end of their sentence, they're crime free. Well, they, we, we can't guarantee that, but what we can guarantee is the period when they're behind bars, they will not be able to do crime. Dude, it is like trying to reason with a three-year-old. Yeah, it really is. This... Well, what? But, 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 but society let them down, and that's when they started committing yeah. crimes to begin with. There's a phrase I use all the time. It's, I feel like I'm talking to my shoe. Yeah. That's what this was. <laughs> this guy... Well, how, how do you know they're not... Well, they won't commit crimes because they're in jail! <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yes. I know. <laughs> but whenever you talk, then, about the freaking root causes of why people commit crimes to begin with, you don't want to talk about them. Because <laughs> you don't want to face reality. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, Target's in the news uh, for a couple of reasons, and neither are good. We'll get to that and much more coming up. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I don't watch Good Morning America for fun or to be informed. It's for the show to know what, well, some people are getting for their news. And I couldn't help but laugh a little bit when they did this whole thing. Target, $500 million they've lost yeah. because of theft. Wow. Like this big surprise. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't enforce the law. And so it's this huge problem, and Target executives have revealed that they're suffering so much, they're closing the doors, a lot of stores, because, you know, stuff gets stolen all the time. Or they put it in these other places that are harder to get, and then they're called racist for that. Yep. And what are they supposed to do? I don't feel bad for Target. I mean, as they've done their transgender clothing line for kids yeah you got the tuck underwear for boys who want to be girls and there was an observation made to me about that the underwear is in the boys section that's interesting isn't it so you're noticing so it's like so you are acknowledging that they are boys wow yes (laughs) and i know okay old school like conservatives, Scott, you would say, I'm not for boycotts. You've said it a million times. Yeah, not generally, no. Do you want to see them lose market share because of that? With the trans clothing line? Yes. Because I do, too. Or or how about standing with BLM while while BLM oh. acolytes were ransacking their I mean, stores? Store. Yes, that was amazing. And we're hearing about the pain in people's faces. Yeah. As they're stealing the TVs from the Target in Minneapolis. <laughs> Pro tip. As I didn't long... see pain anywhere. I saw people laughing like, ah! Uh, Pro tip. As long as you look a little bit sad as you're walking out with the big screen TV, they'll let you get away with it. They don't do what they do at Lowe's, a sack sale, where all you get in a sack is 20% <laughs> off or something. Just like big sacks, you can fill them up. Yeah, yeah. You only get one per, per, per person. And you can walk out with whatever you've got in the sack. It's free. But is the sack green friendly? <laughs> right. Of course. Uh, this association noted crime networks have become increasingly violent and brazen in their tactics over the past couple of years. No way. Using methods such as smash and grab and threats of violence no against way. store employees and customers. Really? Who could have predicted this? I don't know. Anybody. Three jamokes on the radio predicted this. See the pain in their eyes when they're moving the big screen out the door, though, can't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, you want to do a news update for this other stuff we got to get to? Golly, we there's just so much stuff popping here. Um, I, so Sam Brenton, remember this guy? This is the puppy play bondage freak show that Biden tapped to handle America's nuclear waste. Okay, yeah, he's like, if I were to describe him, a dude, like redheaded, but he's bald, but has the facial hair, but dresses like a woman. Yeah, probably had a little mustache. Yeah. yeah. And then he wound up being arrested and charged, and I guess we haven't heard a lot of updates on this, leaving the Energy Department because he got caught stealing women's luggage on multiple occasions. And well, wearing not, it. Not only stealing it, but it, also wearing oh, the yeah. clothes that was in the luggage. Wear, yes, wearing the yeah. fancy dresses that he yeah, stole nice. from women. Yes. Uh, apparently, he was arrested again, again as a fugitive from justice in Montgomery County. Uh, I guess that's uh, that. That's all we no know. No such right. thing as laying low for that guy. Huh? That, that's all we know right now. I don't know if he skipped a court hearing or or what. So yeah, Montgomery County, Maryland police arrested him at his home, uh, and that's according to the police logs. Currently in jail, being held without bond. Okay. You know what is it? With the, the Biden administration appointees are. Just all like cartoon characters come to life, aren't they? Well, that's equity. I mean, it's just... Box checking. It's at a level we've never seen before. Remarkable. Yes. You could really pick them, huh? And now we have the story of FBI whistleblowers being targeted by the FBI. Yeah. I thought this was not supposed to happen. No. Well, they, they so th there were some whistleblowers that were out uh, testifying in front of Congress today about... Uh, being harassed by the FBI because they either spoke out about some malfeasance that the FBI was doing or they shared news articles with their colleagues that cast doubt on the claim that the FBI didn't really have anybody involved in the Capitol riot. I thought this was an interesting end to the hearing. It was FBI Special Agent Garrett O'Boyle. Now, these guys have all had their, clear their security clearances revoked. Because, right. well, they can't be trusted. Um, this is uh, Agent Garrett O'Boyle talking, and this is just ominous, man. Mr. O'Boyle, we, we just heard from you, your, your interaction with Mr. Gates and how all of this occurred and all of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people know to, know, need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. So you would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. Wow, dude. I believe him 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's sad, man. Because a lot of times you would hear someone in that situation say, you know, but it was worth it because people deserve to know the truth. Mm -hmm. Where he's saying, they'll crush you. You don't want to go through it. Yeah. Wow. Can't remember who said it, man, but it made sense to me talking about this country because we got a lot of problems, stating the obvious. And it's going to have to be won back in local governments. It's smaller and then growing back out. Sure. It's not going to be solved in D.C. And when I hear that statement from the whistleblower, I'm thinking to myself, that's probably true. Mm -hmm. Because it's it runs so deep. This is this unlike is, anything we've ever seen in this our is lifetime. Hollywood man. movie stuff. It is, dude. I mean, it really is. Wow. You know, and as I'm reading the different stories about this, and you're not going to hear this, ABC, NBC, CBS. You're not going to hear this, CNN. And this was what John Solomon, just the news saying two different whistleblowers from two separate law enforcement agencies in two separate high-profile criminal cases are raising a disturbing new question for Congress. Is the Biden administration seeking to squash those who report wrongdoing or challenge its official narratives? Well, yeah. Yeah, yes. they are. Yes. Just 24 hours apart, the plights of a decorated FBI intelligence analyst and a decorated supervisory IRS agent burst onto the national scene with detailed accounts alleging they have endured retaliation, reprisal for blowing the whistle. Yes. Yeah, but liberals are out there going, yeah, but they're not as trustworthy as a porn star and her criminal lawyer. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, man? And I'm going to play it again because I think of it every time. Chuck Schumer, January 2017. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. He hadn't planned on saying that. It was yeah. off the cuff with Rachel Maddow talking about Trump, who was ripping on the intelligence mm -hmm. agencies before he took office. And it was almost like a little advice to an old friend. Yep. That used to give me money for my campaign. Listen, Don. <laughs> six ways to Sunday. It's like John Grisham was a profit <laughs> no doubt man you know no doubt unless it's always been going on and we just never do yeah who knows um do you want to get to the other pieces of audio that you had david oh yeah this is amazing so julio rosas he's a journalist for town hall uh we've talked about him before he was on the ground for a ton of the riots in 2020 yes. Uh, and testified in front of the House this week about Antifa, something he knows a lot about because he was in the middle of it. Actually, he has a book out. It came out a few months ago, uh, ago called Fiery But Mostly Peaceful. <laughs> yeah, this dude's got guts, man. He really does. He was yeah. right in the middle of it. So during his testimony, Democrat Representative Daniel Goldman tried to attack him. Listen to this. Gaslight us up here as if Antifa, which Mr. Rosas, apparently the expert now in organized terrorist activity has overruled the FBI director who says, there's a headline, says Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. No, no, no. Let's not listen to the FBI director. Let's listen to, sorry, what's your, your title? Senior writer at town hall who is going to tell us that the FBI director is wrong. Oh, this guy who was only kind of in the middle of it all. And has done oh. extensive reporting on that and the border crisis, by the way. This is Daniel Goldman, huh? Yeah. 
So Julio Rosas was on Fox News last night. And, okay. And he got a chance to respond on national television. And I love what he had to say here. Okay. Well, I think it's just the epitome that people have come to realize what Washington is and is full of elitist pricks. And what's happening is that it was, uh, I'm a politician. I know better than you, despite the fact that you were at all these places. And also the FBI uh, knows more than you do. And, and, to, and look, yeah, sure, Dan Goldman has made money. The, the, the difference is I actually earned my paycheck. And I think I earned it pretty well back in 2020 covering all those different riots. Yes, I love exactly what he said there. I have one quick question. Yeah. Can we say that? He just did. I know he did. Yeah. And that was on broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. I've thought that before. Of bringing that into the repertoire yes. of Robbins. I've just I've kept words. it out because, well... I'd like to keep this show for a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was one that was like a line crosser. <laughs> Me but too. someone let us know, because if that's a fair game, <laughs> you're going to hear a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah, you really are. <laughs> what a good English How about we'll just call them Ricks? <laughs> <laughs> right. Total Rick, man. <laughs> but then our friend Rick down the hall is going to be true. like, what? What'd I do? Uh, then call them Picks. Okay. Elitist Picks. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's not bad. Um, boy, Al Sharpton, he's oh, in the news. I saw this. Here we okay, go. I was half joking when I, I said call up Al Sharpton when we had this thing in New York. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the Michael Jackson impersonator that brought joy to so many. Well, and then assaulted a bunch of people, too. Right. And then was on the subway. We know the whole story. Mm-hmm. The Marine took action to protect people. As far as we can tell, certainly didn't mean to kill the guy, no. Jordan Neely, but he ended up dead, and Al Sharpton is going to give the eulogy at the funeral, which should surprise no one. Okay. Does it mean anything anymore? It, because to me, it, you actually lose credibility. Yeah. They're, ben they're, Crump shows up, Al Sharpton. It's like, okay, <laughs> then that means the race baiting is at a new level. Is, did, has Ben Crump shown up? I don't know about Crump. Well, I he, haven't seen him. I'm almost, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, he's got different legal representation, or the family has different legal okay. representation. Again, I don't really know why they need legal representation, but all right. Uh, I'm sure once the lawsuits start flying around, Ben Crump will find himself involved. I think Al Sharpton, while he's delivering the eulogy or whatever for Jordan Neely, you ought to bring on a, a special guest, uh, another Democrat, and that would be the former governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam. Very famous for moonwalking. That's right. While wearing blackface. Blackface. In a costume yes. party years ago. That would be good. Now, the the church where the funeral is being held, the uh, reverend there said, as we face sorrow, pain, and uncertainty in the wake of Jordan's senseless killing, it is crucial that we come together in the spirit of healing, action, and perseverance. It, it's not senseless. I can think of no one better, no one more equipped to meet this moment <laughs> With that grace and guidance than Reverend Sharpton, to which I say, okay, maybe we've sold him short. Maybe we should do our own little tribute to Al Sharpton. Oh, we, oh, absolutely we should. Um, I think... Have you got it ready to go? Well, we used to do the Al Sharpton verse, versus the teleprompter. Yeah. That was a bit for a while. There was one that we hadn't heard in quite a long time. This is when he had the show on MSNBC. Oh, yeah. He had problems with the teleprompter, but mm-hmm. he overcame Okay, but if you want to hear some that you haven't heard in a while, some of the classics, 
I'm here to entertain. That's all I want to. That's all I want to hear now. Roll it. They're all jitty about a shutdown. The Tortoise in the race. Then co-author of Hubris. You two lead singer. I got to stop already because David's already doubled over laughing. <laughs> I don't know if I've one. heard the Tortoise one before. <laughs> See, I thought I had got into some fresh territory here that you haven't heard before, David. <laughs> the, the Tortoise and the Hari. Keep going. Lead singer Bono, Fran Drescher, Siganoi Weaver. Siganoi Weaver. Yes. It's a journey. I have Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and then it just rolls on, man. Yesterday, Antonini, Antonini Scalia, ah. Kardashian, and the Republican candidates of Cairo and Benghazi. We rank behind Latvia, uh, Lavita. First up, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan to college students in Beijing. He's getting lunch at Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle is one of my favorites. The way this ends is just absolute classic Al. Why was traffic problems email sent? The Environmental Projection Agency and what sequestration has done. <laughs> it doesn't get any better, and I can think of no one better. I want, I want to read a whole newscast like him. <laughs> would be so great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jaime Maricola Lee. <laughs> and Scoat <laughs> Robins. <laughs> Throbbins. <laughs> News update next. <laughs> The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, a federal prosecutor resigned. Why? Well, this is somebody who was appointed by President Joe Biden. Republicans tried to stop her because she was very much in the defund the police, reimagine law enforcement uh, camp. Well, it also turns out she's corrupt as hell. This is a U.S. attorney for Massachusetts leaked information to help her preferred candidate for the Suffolk County, Massachusetts district attorney race, among other egregious violations of DOJ policy. That's according to two government watchdogs. This is Rachel Rollins. Well, another glass ceiling breaker, first African-American U.S. attorney for Massachusetts. Well, she's resigned, grand open and grand closing, hmm. after being told about the details that would be included in this report. They said, well, you did violate the Hatch Act, but it goes deeper than that. Oh. Apparently, she was the district attorney for uh, Suffolk County. That's an elected position. And as she was vacating that position to serve as a federal prosecutor appointed by Joe Biden, uh, she, quote, took extraordinary steps to ensure her preferred candidate to replace her would be elected. What she did was she decided to reach out to media outlets and and start a whisper campaign that she was going to be investigating the opponent. That, oh, you know, there was some malfeasance there. You know, this person's oh. going to be under investigation for ethics violations. Oh, better, better talk to people, tell people about that before the election. Well... <laughs> Why are these people trying to get in the way of a strong black woman? They can't stand to see her in her position. Yeah. 
<laughs> and trying to make sure the position goes to somebody she wants. I think she's earned it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the left's reasoning, yes. right? Right. Okay. Just checking. Oh, I saw this news update from a story we were talking about yesterday. Los Angeles Dodgers have said, okay, that anti-Catholic Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're not going to be part of Pride Night. The drag show thing? Yes. Yeah. We're, we're not going to do that as we had originally planned. The statement yesterday was that the Dodgers pulled the group from the list of award recipients for Pride Night because they had so many complaints yeah. from people that were Catholic and otherwise. So in the uh, statement, Dodgers said, this year as part of a full night of programming, we invited a number of groups to join us. We're not aware that our inclusion of one particular group the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And this year's Pride Night has been the source of some controversy. You didn't know? Did you look into what they're all about? Well, they've really struggled with this night because Sam Britton was going to throw out the first pitch. and He got arrested. And then he got arrested, and darn, gosh dang it. My gosh. Well, I mean, earlier this year, they did the Jesus and Mary-themed strip tease. Yeah. Writhing upside down on a giant wooden cross we had no idea they were controversial who knew no who knew Hmm. their demo tape looked perfectly fine (laughs) jeez this is the markley van camp and robin show okay i don't know which one david biggest story of the day golly you've got fbi whistleblowers testifying on capitol hill today uh you've got uh, well the continuing border crisis and we'll have an update on that as well and i think one of the bigger stories is actually something that christopher rufo has uncovered about texas children's hospital wow getting uh in-depth analysis on what they are doing to kids in secret not wanting to talk to anybody Mm. and how they bully parents into reinforcing this insane transgender ideology nonsense yeah, that, the whistleblowers at the FBI, what's being covered up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. And a Democrat says, hey, we got to have illegals here to pick our crops. That and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Looking at the news monitor, looking like busloads of migrants here illegally uh, leaving New York City from some other town in New Some York. other part of New York yeah. State. Yeah. Going upstate, you know. Yeah. It's beautiful. People not happy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, who was it that said we need people here that are, you know, here illegally to pick our crops? Well, this is a, a common talking point of the Democrat Party, which makes sense. They are the party of slavery. So, they are. I mean, it, it, they're just, again, admitting it openly. Nancy Pelosi has done that. Multiple Democrats have done this. This time it's uh debbie wasserman schultz she's a representative from florida used to head up the dnc she's the lady uh who kind of looks like she always uh, just emerged from a rundown motel pool D- hair looks a little wet yeah, a little what is wet, the deal with that greasy kind of looking yeah it's yeah weird. uh but that's not the biggest story of the day just trying to paint the picture here no I yeah, you. I you've got seen it. her i promise mm-hmm. uh, she's whining about how cracking down on cheap labor in florida which the florida legislature and ronda Santos have now done uh saying this will hurt the economy this is bad 
Roll it. I mean, you're going to have vegetables rotting in the fields. You're going to have construction sites that will lie dormant uh, or certainly will struggle to get workers to be able to, uh, to, to, to help make sure that they can make progress. The tourism, is it, tourism and restaurant industry in particular you know, rely on, the, on these workers. Okay, that's a problem. Well, that's racist. <laughs> right? What do you mean it's racist, Scott? Well, you're you're implying that these people are only good to, you know, pick your fruit and and clean yeah. your tables. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. your implication right there. Remember that's... the Bear County, Texas sheriff, Javier Salazar, said, well, we need more migrants here because I was at Olive Garden the other day and yeah. there weren't enough mm-hmm. busboys. Why did Democrats... Why are Democrats so laser focused on importing a permanent underclass of workers that yeah, will work right. for pennies on the dollar compared to Americans? It helps the companies that give them money. Yeah, um, they want to be served, and it's a future voting block. Mm-hmm. Say so it's all those things. Okay, this might be crazy. So tell me if I'm way off base here. Just thinking to myself, we hear a lot that young people in America, especially those, put whatever tag you want on it, less fortunate, underserved, okay, they're looking for jobs. There's no opportunities. I am not hearing that from Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It seems like there are lots of opportunities. So why don't we meet the needs for those underserved kids that can't find a job and have them working for money. Well, they're going to do the jobs that kids here won't do. That's what we're told. What do you mean, won't do? Yeah. You don't have a job. You say you need money. They think it's beneath them, though. Did you ever walk beans, Scott? Yeah. and, and Did you detassel corn? Of course. Did you bale hay? Yes. Was it beneath you? No. no Why no, is no. it beneath anybody? It's a different world we live in now. I mean, were you a great worker, would you say, on a scale from 1 to 10? That was pretty good. What would you give yourself? Seven or eight, anyway. Okay. Now, my dad would have said he'd give you a five or six. He may have said you were a little work brittle. Well, I might have, because after we put up a load of hay, I wanted to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> well, and you were gassed. <laughs> yes. You, you, you were almost done for the day. It was almost nappy time. Yes, it was. Halfway through that baling of hay. Yeah. In 1995. Yeah. My point is, you can't tell me that you can't take, especially young men that are underserved that need jobs to do these types of jobs i don't understand it i mean we all get what's really going on here but i never hear anyone put up that sort of argument Mm -mm. you could house people well you say well a a lot of the crops we're talking about here that'd be you know and sometimes in the southern part Mm -hmm. of the united states and a lot of these underserved kids are uh, up in the northern states Well, we know that buses can go from Texas to New York. We, we've established <laughs> right. that. Yeah, and the housing is better. Okay, so too, as yeah. the bus is going back to Texas, then maybe you could take some people to go work for the summer, whatever it takes. Oh, that's crazy. No, you can't have people working. Right. That's for those brown foreigners to do. Unbelievable. Yeah, we need to pay them a livable wage. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Okay. Let's get to this psychiatrist you have in the news, David. Oh, my gosh, man. Okay, Chris Rufo has been dropping this major story about Texas Children's Hospital. Yeah. And the setup is this. Last year, they said they were stopping its child sex change program, but it secretly restarted the program just three days after they announced that. Unreal. 
Um, and so Rufo got video of a call that officials associated with the hospital had. And it's bad, man. Uh, like, here's a psychiatrist, for example, talking about how he bullies parents into using preferred pronouns for their kids. Oh, my goodness. I know the best thing to do for this child, their mental health, and really even their, their risk of suicide is to provide, is, is to show them that respect of using the pronouns they go by, using the name they go by. Um, and I'm often kind of working with families in the sense that, you know, I, I'm not here to kind of question your entire worldview or belief system, but to work with you as a consultant, I can tell you both from experience and from the research, um, your child is less likely to both attempt and die by suicide if we use uh, a support supportive terminology with them. You can't find any facts to support what he just said. Nope. Just bullying parents. You have yeah. to do this. I mean, that's what's the refrain you hear all the time? Would you rather have a trans kid or a dead kid? That's right. not a loving, tough love kind of statement. That's emotional manipulation. That's what that totally. is. Totally. Not helping the kid, not helping the parents. I'm trying to remember where I heard this. It was somewhere in the last couple of weeks, and if I remember it, I'll tell you. But the, the reason I bring it up, it was a person that started to identify as the opposite sex. Changed the name. And through that time... The person's mom would not use the other name, always call them by their original name. And it made the person so mad that the mom would not go along with it. Well, after a few years realizing, okay, this really wasn't the answer. I really am. And as I remember it, I really am a girl. She said the one thing that I was so thankful for about my mom was that she never went along with it always called me by my real name and it was like this i don't know one line to sanity one line to reality that was still there yeah. to remind me of who i really was and in the end was very thankful for it i can't remember where i heard that story but it was pretty fascinating well i mean kids play around with identities all the time all the time whatever is fashionable whatever is sure. counter fashionable goth or whatever or like in the early 90s grunge movements around everybody's wearing flannel sure and whatnot i mean imagine if you had a culture of parents who were saying oh uh you're into grunge you want the look and all that stuff well you know grunge affirming care involves giving you some heroin because, <laughs> right? well yeah like, that you would look you would be looked upon as a criminal obviously you want to be more like kurt cobain all right here's some h yeah. for you it's crazy, man. And it, you feel terrible for some of these parents because they really want to do what's best for their kids, and they're not equipped to do it. And they are, for no other reason, trusting the person telling them because they're officially a doctor or whatever. It's evil. Wow. Okay. Um, something else out there that I wanted to get to. Oh, <laughs> do you want to hear part of Marjorie Taylor Greene? Saying it's time to impeach Biden. You know, the <laughs> funny thing is, I saw this but didn't have the 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 audio up for some reason. Yeah, and I'm like, what is she? And I saw her. She was, I mean, she was yelling and oh yeah, it, it well, was really something with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, whatever it is that you think of her, the left is going to make her out to be a nut all the time, no matter what, and especially with something like this, saying it's it's time to impeach Biden. But you listen to part of what she says, you can't. 
you can't really argue with a thing that she lays out. I'll just play you a little piece. It is with the highest amount of solemnity that I announce my intention to introduce articles of impeachment today on the head of this America at last executive branch that has been working since January 20th, 2021 to systematically destroy this country. The president of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden. Joe Biden has deliberately compromised our national security by refusing to enforce immigration laws and secure our border allowed approximately 6 million illegals from over 170 countries to invade our country, deprive Border Patrol of the necessary resources and policies sufficient to protect our country. Okay, what she just laid out there. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, it's true. I don't think anybody's going to take her serious on the no. left. But the way she lays that out, it's so frustrating because, yes, we don't even know who's here. From the six million, from all of the places around the world that people have come through. What was it yesterday we were talking about six on the terror watch list were caught? Yeah, those are the ones that were caught. How many got through? Yeah. That we have no idea. Um here's just another little clip as she goes to wrap this up. Flip. Flip. Go ahead. These are fired when they are corrupt or aren't adequately serving their employer or purposely destroying a country, a company. In this case, the employer is the American people because they pay the salaries. They pay the salaries of everyone in the federal government. The Constitution outlines a very simple process to fire the corrupt officials serving in the federal government. Impeachment. Yeah. Matthew Graves, Christopher Wray, Merrick Garland, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Joe Biden are all corrupt and unfit to hold office, and they all must be impeached. If nothing else, I'm like, good for you for saying it, because no. they all should be impeached. They have not served the American people the way they were supposed to, trying to change the country from the inside out. And it's awful. I know there's other news we got to get to, too. Oscar Mayer changing the name of the Wienermobile. you got that going on. That's a shame. Isn't that something? Yep. They said it has nothing to do with the name, by the way. Nothing to do with the name Wiener. So they're just changing it to the Frank Mobile. Mm-hmm. And the reason is there's a new formula for their all beef Franks, and it's going to feature a more balanced flavor profile and iconic beefy taste. Some more snouts and less tails? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you can say whatever you want, it's, but they're not changing it because of the, the no. name Wiener Mobile. Okay. All right. Are you disappointed in that? I'm Scott? very pro Wiener. Save that one, David. Okay. <laughs> Please save that one. Because you saved the last time he said something about <laughs> wieners. What wieners? was this? A 50 cent hot dog night or something? Yeah, 50 cent hot dog night, I think. What did you say during that? <laughs> I don't uh, let me, let me I don't really recall again. exactly what I said. <laughs> I can't remember it either. I mean, I know it was kept for prosperity and yeah, prosperity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a lot of wiener goblin. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. On a yeah, there, 50 well, cent hot dog There was night. a lot of people that were going to, you know, Take advantage of the yes. wieners. I don't think you need to explain it, Scott. Yeah. Well, I just want to say that the context of wiener gobbling, <laughs> I believe. That's the worst Marvel superhero name ever. <laughs> right. And that was one, one, one magazine. That was it. One comic book, and he was done. <laughs> Nobody liked it. Weird. Oh. Okay. 
Uh, okay, we got to talk more. It was more cylindrical, though. About the uh, the FBI and the Pentagon warning the leaker about taking classified information. You'll love this story, guys. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp with the story. <laughs> Dude. You're laughing. I am. I am. I'm, I'm going to have to go get the audio of this for later, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Here's the story. A uh, city council member in Cranston, Rhode Island. He was. Is this the crack pipe guy? Yeah, he was. Yes. He got woken up. He's passed out in the front seat. Yes. <laughs> and cop says, hey, I just saw you. Uh, somebody called because you were choking in your sleep. And he goes, I have sleep apnea. And then he goes, but you got a crack pipe in your hand. Like right now, you're holding, he's holding a crack pipe. Yes. Holy crap. Did he forget his CPAP? <laughs> well, as far as I could tell, it was daytime hours. Yes, it was. Well, if you're going to sleep, you got to bring the machine with you. It was 11.30 in the morning. Yes. Golly. <laughs> wow, man. Some hard times there. No kidding. <laughs> Woo. All right, you had the story of uh, the leaker. Yeah. An update. This Jack Teixeira guy, this is the Air National Guardsman who leaked a bunch of classified information to his buddies in a chat room online. Yes. Dumbest leaker in history, if this is, in fact, how all of this went down. Man, now there's man. a new report that says that he was warned about mishandling classified information months before his arrest. So this, remember, was reported as this huge deal, world implications. Yeah. Talking about inside information of what's going on in Ukraine. And it was not what the American people had been told. It looked a lot worse for Ukraine. Yeah. Well, he got in trouble with his superiors when they caught him taking notes and putting them in his pockets while handling secret information. Uh, he, <laughs> he was also busted looking for information he wasn't supposed to look at. Uh, apparently, a master sergeant who was working at the Air Force Base on Cape Cod in Massachusetts observed Airman Teixeira accessing reports on the Joint Worldwide Intelligence Communication System, the Pentagon's secure intranet system. And uh, following these instances, Teixeira got a military certificate recognizing that he completed training intended to prevent the unauthorized disclosure of classified information. Uh, And I I guess they had him sign a document that said, I won't do it again. You don't get fired for that? It's unbelievable to me that it's like, hey, you're going to get a stern talking to for writing down the classified information and putting it in your pockets. Did he have to clean the erasers on the chalkboard, too? (laughs) I'm I'm thinking, seriously, there's been more of a national conversation about whether or not Aaron Judge was trying to steal signs from a dugout or a catcher than there is about this guy taking classified information, writing it down, and putting it in his pocket. I mean, dude, if if any of us somehow stumbled upon sensitive financial documents for our employer, our, our company, Yes, and we decided we were going to take all that information down and take it with us home. Yeah, we'd be fired as soon oh, as that gosh, gets yeah. found out. Yeah, wait, we would <laughs> <laughs> empty those pockets. That was a joke. Get it? I had a buddy who did it once, though. That was like 25 years ago. He was the overnight guy. He got into some files, kids. Oh, Story for another time. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the FBI whistleblower. They're supposed to be protected. Yeah, at all costs and believed, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a bumper sticker, believe all whistleblowers. Yes, believe all whistleblowers <laughs> and women unless they are uh, accusing uh, Democrats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then make their lives hell. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Basically. Turn on them. All right, so what's the latest here? Uh, Yeah, some whistleblowers from the FBI are testifying in D.C. about abuses abuses and political actions taken by the FBI. Uh, One of them is a staff operations specialist named Marcus Allen. He had his security clearance revoked because he sent articles to colleagues uh, that questioned the official narrative about the Capitol riot. And said, oh, maybe we did have some people uh, on the inside there prompting this. And this is incredible. Because Democrats and a lot of people in liberal media are trying to make these guys out to be, like, pro-insurrection or whatever. Right. Uh, Representative Linda Sanchez asked him about a tweet that he didn't send. This is really remarkable, man. Mr. Allen, have you ever used Twitter, yes or no? I have utilized Twitter, yes. Okay, and is your account at Marcus A970506645? That is absolutely not my account. Okay, that's not your account. Well, on December 5th, 2022, an account under the name Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, That is not my account, ma'am. You haven't let me finish the question, sir. Might have been the football player. You haven't let me finish the question. (laughs) And the time is mine. On December... The time is mine. I will not be bullied by you. (laughs) Do you see what Matt Gates did? Yes. Just hold it until the end of this. The payoff's worth it. It's very funny. On December 5th, 2022, an account under the name of Marcus Allen retweeted a tweet that said, quote, Nancy Pelosi staged January 6th. Retweet if you agree, end quote. Do you agree with that statement? Yes or no? Uh, that, that is, I don't, no, ma'am. That's not my account at all. I have I'm no asking idea. whether you agree with that statement, yes or no? <laughs> It's not my account. If you want to ask me the question, just ask me the question. You don't have to go through this whole dog and pony show about a Twitter account that's not mine. I know there are ways. Do you understand that you look like a dope? Yeah, you could look dumber. I just can't come up with any right now. Yeah. That's the dumbest dumbest exchange ever. Matt Gates did what, Scott? (laughs) Matt Gates (laughs) tweeted out, Congressman Linda Sanchez must, all caps, answer for her tweet. He found some Linda Sanchez somewhere that tweeted out, Donald Trump is the greatest president of my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. Uh, Good job, Gates. Way to go. Uh, David, you have Pete Boot Edge Edge in the news. Oh, my gosh. I thought I saw him in the news actually earlier today, but it was something completely different. That he was taking more time off. What? Because he adopted a highway. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Babylon B headline. That's a good one. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, the uh, transportation secretary, uh, hadn't really done anything, and anytime anything within his portfolio 
uh, comes up and goes wrong, he says, well, this was the Trump administration's fault or it didn't happen, you idiots or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to b- b- talk about th- racist roads and bridges. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, he did an interview with Wired, and this is hysterical. Okay. How they set this up is amazing. The headline Pete Buttigieg loves God, beer, and his electric Mustang. Sure. The U.S. Secretary of Transportation has thoughts on building bridges, but infrastructure occupies just a sliver of his voluminous mind. What? The curious mind of Pete Buttigieg holds much of its functionality in reserve, even as he discusses railroads and airlines down to the most minute data that is his current stock and trade. The U.S. Secretary of Transportation comes off like a Mensa black card holder who might have a secret go abbot or a three-second Rubik's Cube solution or a knack for supplying off the top of his head the day of the week for a random date in 1404 along with a non-condescending history of the Julian and Gregorian calendars. What? Oh, my goodness. Who in the hell wrote that? I slowly became aware that his cabinet job requires only a modest portion of his cognitive powers. (laughs) He's too smart for the job. He's got to dumb it down. Well, for all the rest of us, yeah. Fortunately, he was willing to devote yet another apse in his cathedral mind to making his ideas about three mighty themes. Neoliberalism, masculinity, and Christianity. Buttigieg, whose father was a renowned Marxist scholar, was himself a devotee of Senator Bernie Sanders as a young man. He now recognizes that the persistence of far-right ideology with its masculinist and anti-democratic preoccupations is part of the reason that neoliberalism has come undone. Not everyone, it seems, even once a rising standard of living, if it means they have to accept the greater enfranchisement of undesirables, including, of course, women, poor people, black people, and the usual demons in the sights of the world's Ted Cruz's and Tucker Carlson's. <laughs> I can't take any more of this nonsense. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I just, I'll, I'll stop there, but oh my gosh. The, the dude in the couldn't cathedral figure out of his to mind? go to East Palestine after the train derailment no. for how long? A couple of weeks. Did he not understand optics? Is he too smart for that? <laughs> yes, he's too smart for all of that. And, of course, he is the <laughs> Secretary of Transportation because he's an expert in those fields? No. No, he liked trains and cars. What was it he said? It's too soon to know everything about this tragic crash that took place in Missouri. We saw another one in California over the weekend, too. Uh, and we're working to, to make sure we understand everything that, that happened there. But what we know is... The fewer points we have in the country where it's even physically possible for a train and a car to collide, the safer this country will be. <laughs> See, it's too the soon brilliance to know. of that, yeah. the fewer there is, the, the, the less it will happen. Yeah, and he, and he got the job because he rode on Amtrak a couple of times, spent a spring break on a boat, <laughs> and proposed to his husband in an airport. Yes. And he likes electric vehicles. And the less vehicles on the road, the less death we're going to have as far as transportation goes. Oh, my goodness, right. man. They prop him up pretty well. That piece, though, is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, David, you had an update 
out of the uh, or from the trans killer in Nashville. Yeah, I this is a different angle I have not heard before. So yeah. I I did not realize this part of it, but I was reading this in National Review, where apparently you know of course the tragedy that happened at Covenant School in Nashville, uh, where this trans lunatic shot up the school, murdered three children and three adults. And we're all supposed to apparently believe in this fiction that we're in the dark about why this happened. And nothing to do with the religion of the school or whatever, right? Okay. We don't know if this was an anti-religion or religiously motivated hate crime. No idea. That's what we're told from the so-called That's experts. what we're told. Yeah. Yes. And we don't need to see the manifesto, nothing like that. I did not realize this, that... Uh, the killer in this case went from the school portion of the building into the neo-Gothic cathedral, which was attached, and fired seven rounds into a stained glass figure of Adam from the Bible. Yeah, I read that. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. But still a question, was this religiously motivated? Yeah, no idea. Huh? Huh. Who knows? We're really in the dark on this one. Wow. That is really strange, yeah, that's, man. That's That detail was left out until today. Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to be before we see this thing with mm-hmm. parts redacted, whatever. Yeah. But as far as the main ideas, yeah. they're fighting that coming out. Kind of crazy. Um, David, before we get to <laughs> one of your favorite stories about the leaking of some uh, donors to a particular yeah. group... Did you see this? This is like health news. It's one in three adults say they're too tired to be healthy. Oh, new poll. Meaning that's they, like a third of people too tired to exercise. Yes. Yeah. And this of forty-eight percent of twenty-five to thirty-four year olds say they're just too exhausted. Compared to twenty-three percent of people fifty-five and older, and it is more women than men. Forty percent mm-hmm. to twenty-nine say they're just too tired, lack the motivation. You know, there's just this lack of time. Uh, there might be some high gym fees, uh, the food prices to get food. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you need retired Navy SEAL Jocko Willink around you. Because <laughs> if Jocko's around you, he'll get you ready to roll. Yeah. This is an ongoing thing in our house. It's become like a thing now. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, I'm tired. I, I hadn't worked out today. I need to work out. And it used to be just me, and now other members of the family are grabbing this video you can find on YouTube. It's Jocko, Days You're Not Feeling It. Mm-hmm. And if you've never heard Jocko talk, he is a motivator. There's no doubt about it. And he was asked the question, you know, the days you don't feel it. Those right. days. <laughs> Those days when I'm tired or worn out or just basically sick of the grind. Yeah. I'm just too tired. What, what do I do? On those days. What does he do? Oh. I go anyways. Oh. He goes. I get it done. Even if I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. I go through the motions. I don't really want to work out. I work out. By about this point, it's enough for me. I'm like, okay, let's go get it done. (laughs) But it goes on. I I really don't want to hammer on a project. I hammer on the project. Don't really want to get up and get out of bed. You know what he does, Scott? He gets out of bed, I'm guessing. I get up and get out of bed. Yeah. yeah. Now, these See? could be signals could be. that you need some time off. 
And those signals might be right. They might. They could be correct. Yeah. But. Okay. Don't take today off. Okay. <laughs> Not today. Wait until tomorrow. This is one of my favorite parts. Don't give in to the immediate gratification <laughs> that is whispering in your ear. Yes, Scott. You feel it? Shut that down. Yes. Do yep. not listen to that little voice. Yes. Usually he doesn't like procrastination, by the way. No. No. As an overall rule, I do not like procrastination. Mm -mm. You need to get things done. Right. But if you are going to rest... Yeah. That is one thing that you should procrastinate on. That's the one thing I want you to put off until tomorrow. <laughs> is that the best? And then the end. And if, when tomorrow comes, you still feel like you need to rest or you need to take a break, then okay. Take it. Okay, then. But the chances are you won't. Oh, man. Isn't that awesome? You ready to go? I'm ready yeah. to go deadlift right now. Yeah, let's go. That's you right. <laughs> that, that has infiltrated my house as well. We'll say that. Uh, and now my three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, because I, I say that to her when she's – it's like things that she doesn't want to do, like go take yes. a bath at night and – uh, right. You know, put on jammies, whatever it is, go play in the park. She usually doesn't need much motivation to go do that. But I, I say, okay, okay, we get it done. <laughs> and then we can go have fun. Yes. Okay. Get, we got to get it done. And now Delayed she's, gratification. she started uh, parroting that back to me. All right, we're going to go take a bath. Get it done. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Picture of Jocko over the mantle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Going to be giving out the WWJD bracelets. What would Jocko, what Jocko do, do when Jocko. you're feeling like just shutting it down? No. G-I-D. Get it Jocko done. Jocko 418. Get it done. All right, David, we got to get to your story about the leaking of secret donors. This is fantastic. And a news update coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, let's get to this story that you mentioned, David. It's yeah. really something, it, how it, they got this backwards. It is just incredible. So there's a liberal activist organization that's been trying to smear Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. They did the same thing to Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, they just got busted exposing their own secret donors. This is How? amazing. It's called Fix the Court. That's what this organization is called. And they are demanding more transparency reforms with the Supreme Court. Here's how this went down. The Washington Examiner asked them, they were doing a story, they asked them, hey, uh, why, why hasn't your organization filed proper tax paperwork? Because you're required to do that as a nonprofit organization. Makes sense. So the director, Gabe Roth, said, oh, I just made a mistake with the filing. So then he sent... Uh, the Washington Examiner fixed the court's full 2021 and 2022 financial disclosures, not realizing that it had <laughs> detailed information on donors that he thought the donors <laughs> might want to keep private. Uh, one minute later, he emailed again, bleep, I'm not legally allowed to send you those. I really messed up. Can you call me now? And apparently it's not illegal for him to do that. Um, uh, but Roth was panicking 
He goes, I'm not a good CPA. I'm a klutz. Schedule B is not something that is sent out, right? That's the tax document in question. It's not made public. Like if you're donating to a 501c3, the IRS gets to see who donates to you, but the general public doesn't. I have only two foundations that give me money, and if their names become public, they're never going to talk to me again and fix the court is over. My screw up this morning probably cost me my job. The, The executive director added, I just really don't know what to do here. I just bleeped up in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as its 2022 funders, the Washington Examiner can reveal that the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, which has supported climate groups, Mm. said in 2015 it had a moral obligation to divest from uh, supporting pro-fossil fuel groups. They donated to this, as well as the Leibowitz-Aberley Family Foundation. Uh, They're an organization that has bankrolled pro-abortion causes. Wow. Okay. Now, we have another piece of audio to get to. Yeah. I don't know if we have time because no. it's like a 25-second clip. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the long tease here. You All are right. going to want to hear this. So some House Republicans were doing a press conference outside, and this little Bernie bro guy, scrawny little weirdo, kept trying to interrupt the press conference. By asking yes. about like Lauren Boebert's divorce, things like that, just just being an agitator. Mm-hmm. And Clay Higgins, representative out of Louisiana, did what I think a lot of people would like to see happen more often. We'll get to that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. We got that coming up. What's the biggest story of the day? Biggest story There's of the day, probably. A couple of big ones. Yeah, I mean, the FBI whistleblowers uh, speaking in Congress, and it's interesting to watch how so many legacy news outlets have just turned on a dime what their opinion of uh, uh, whistleblowers are. That These aren't real whistleblowers. These are fake whistleblowers. They, they're they pro-insurrection. What a bunch of phonies in the oh, media. Yeah. yeah. It is, man. It is absolute propaganda. I don't know how, you know, if you were a serious journalist, how do you keep your job there? How do you not quit? Well, how do you not how do you not quit or get fired after the whole Russia gate hoax? No doubt, man. All right. We'll get to that and the audio and the Scott Robbins trifecta all coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So this was DC today. I hear there was an assault. <laughs> Well, it was yesterday, but no, there there was no assault. There, it didn't. That didn't happen. So you got this Bernie bro guy, you know, the the terminally virgin type who's just the string bean who gets his jollies by harassing people. Yeah, uh, he's a guy. What I forget what his name is now. I don't think it really matters. Uh, Jake Burdett. He's a Bernie bro loser. Uh, Republican uh, members of Congress were having a press conference yesterday. It included uh, uh, Lauren Boebert and Clay Higgins. And this dweeb kept trying to interrupt the press conference, asking personal questions about them and just being an agitator. And a couple of times, Clay Higgins, a representative from South Louisiana, very, very stoic individual, but looks like he could throw down a little bit. And also hilarious. And very hilarious, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he stepped in the middle, I, I guess this is the second or third time, and literally picked the guy up, like by the shoulders, kind of just walked him to the sidewalk. 
just saying you're done. And this little weenie Bernie bro is going, this is assault, you're hurting me. <laughs> and the video I saw, he never really totally picks him up off the ground. He's just moving him yeah. backwards. Yeah. And Clay Higgins is cool, calm, collected the whole time, just saying don't mess with me right now. Right. Because he's this guy's like walking up behind Lauren Boebert at the moment of the audio that you're about to hear. Um, okay. And, and then Clay Higgins handles business. Roll it. Representative Boebert, can we hear about your no, divorce? You're out. You're out. You're out. You're out. You're out. Aren't you a congressperson touching me? Yes, Get off sir. me. You're hurting yes, me. You're hurting me. Get off me. Get off me. Yes, Time out Clay right there. Higgins. You're hurt. You're hurting me. Yeah, doesn't doesn't look like he's. That's what they, that's that's their go-to. Well, he's yeah. a little. I mean, stop hurting me. You're hurting me. They do this all the time. You want to know what assault is, punk? Yeah. Give me a break. Clay Higgins, get off me. What are you trying to do, Clay Higgins? Stand by. You're a U.S. congressman touching a touching a, a person. Right. You can't calm down. You're manhandling. Get off me. Get off me. You're manhandling. Manhandling me. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. These are the people who think they're <laughs> yeah. leading a revolution. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The whole time, you're just like, calm down. Everybody calm down. It's okay. But You're hurting me. You're frightening me. Yeah. I, this is nonsense. Oh, and then. Jake Burdett got really mad because the cops detained him briefly to figure out yes. what was going on. I mean, he was harassing members of Congress. That's that's a fact. You can't do that. Right. Uh, he goes, I'm currently being detained by D.C. police for asking tough questions to a far-right extremist uh, at a press conference. Representative Clay Higgins proceeded to assault, physically no, remove me up. from the press conference for this. The cops detained me, not him. God. I don't think he was actually really detained, though. They They took him aside, and they wanted to find out what was going on. You know, for the people that talk about how they're so oppressed here, I've made the suggestion maybe a week in Afghanistan Mm. would do you good (laughs) to understand oppression (laughs) for this dude. That's assault. No, no, that's really not assault. If you want to understand assault, we could arrange that. (laughs) I think think, forget (laughs) Afghanistan. That guy couldn't handle South Louisiana. Oh, no. You're There's hurting no way. me. You're hurting me. And dude, does he understand how emasculating that you're manhandling <laughs> me? You're a U.S. congressman touching a, a touching a, a person. Right. You calm down. You're manhandling. Get off me. Get off me. Manhandling me. They're just they're trained to say that stuff. They oh yeah, do, that's what they yeah. do. They fall yeah, down. That's their go to. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. frightening me. I don't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. One other story I want to get to before uh, Robin's trifecta. At this, David, who was the person talking about how his COVID journalism was suppressed by major media outlets? Oh, it's a guy named Rob Aurora. He's a young journalist. I think he's 21 or 22. Uh, he just wrote a piece about how so many major media outlets he used to contribute to were absolutely not interested in any COVID stories that went up against the agreed-upon narrative. This is a guy, uh, he thought he was in safe territory because people had published him when he was pushing back against the highly racialized uh, left rioting that happened and saying okay. that like BLM wasn't helping the black community, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he thought, okay, cool, you know, I'm, I'm pushing back against this narrative, so maybe, maybe they'll be interested in hearing uh, what I have found out about this COVID vaccine. So it started in 2021. The vaccines start rolling out along with various mandates. And it's the mandates part that he was worried about. 
because he had come to the conclusion, like a lot of people had, hey, for healthy people in their 20s, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, sure did. So he started pitching stories on that to outlets who'd published his work in the past. One editor told him, quote, we don't want to promote vaccine hesitancy that will get people seriously ill and killed. Journalists need to be responsible and not sowing distrust in public health guidelines that are meant to keep us safe. Okay. Yeah. So the people are too dumb. Yep. We've got to protect them so That's we right. can't tell them the truth. Yeah, which actually increases distrust. Of course it does. By the way. Yes. Another editor told him, we are a pro-vaccination newspaper, and personally I just wish everyone would get vaccinated already. Then he wanted to write about NBA star Kyrie Irving, who famously had to sit out games yeah. because he didn't get the vaccine. And an editor told him, sorry, Rob, but I vehemently disagree with you on this issue. Feel free to pitch elsewhere. Kyrie Irving refused to help the public get out of the pandemic, and now he's suffering the consequences. It's on him. Wow. Well, then what about Joe Rogan accurately stating that there wasn't really much of a benefit for young, healthy people? One there editor, wasn't. He one, told the truth. One editor said, I think Rogan is actively endangering the lives of children and young adults with his anti-vaccine propaganda, and you need to be more responsible in your coverage as a journalist. As a journalist, your words are violence, yeah. and you're manhandling me. Manhandling. Get off. <laughs> Jeez. God. People can handle it. Just tell them the truth. Yes. That's what you're supposed to do. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go, man. All right, let's roll it up. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day is this time. It's Scott Robbins trifecta. It's top three today. Help my hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Buddy boy. <laughs> How are you? Yes. No, I didn't ask. Yes, I said, how are Good. you? Good. Oh, there, thank you. I'm ready. Three. Hard of hearing. Number three. three. No, yeah. Number three, Adidas Women's Pride Swimsuit is yeah. being modeled by a guy. That's right. Uh, June is Pride Month. You guys knew that, right? <laughs> Adidas has released their Pride-themed merchandise. One of these items is a women's swimsuit. Since this is 2023, it's being modeled by a guy complete with chest hair and a distinct bulge where biological women don't have one the collection is titled let love be your legacy and apparently models several other items too women's items okay now does anyone i got a question i mean show of hands does anyone think women will look at this swimsuit and thinks that'll look good on me of course any not. any of anyone i can't imagine it anyone does Adidas think there are men out there who are buying women's swimsuits? Probably not. So why would you advertise like this? What's the point of any of this? It's all of the ESG Aren't you supposed crap. to sell product? Nope. Isn't that the idea? Nope. Nope. I can't figure this one out. You can probably explain it better than me. It's all of the major banks that sort of run everything. And run off of ESG. Yeah. And you got to make your quotas as a business. There's, there's, yeah, like a social credit score. I, I don't even know how much all of that plays in. I think that that is certainly an element of it because they're, they're looking for access to cheap cash, essentially, uh, yeah. with these ESG social credit score systems. But the other thing is, honestly, I think what happens is you got a lot of young liberal women coming right out of college 
having an outsized influence in the marketing department. I mean, I think that's true too. That, like you want to you want to expand the brand. Yeah. But the bottom <laughs> line is you got to sell swimsuits. Yes, you do. And I don't know how this sells swimsuits. I don't understand Women's it either. swimsuits. I have no idea. No, and I mean it all depends what your worldview is and what you usually purchase. And personally, I've tried to stay away from buying Nike stuff because I was tired of all the woke stuff. Right. And now here's another one that I'll try to stay away from. Yeah, I don't have a hard time with this one. Well, you don't buy as much sports gear. No, no. Um, every time I see an ad for these guys, though, I think to myself, there was this jerk that I used to work with that was in production. We had an ad that had the word Adidas in it. Okay. I did the ad. Adidas sportswear, 25% off, whatever right. it was. Um the correct pronunciation is Adidas. <laughs> well, then you say it. I'm not doing it again. You say, go ahead, go on there and say Adidas. Yeah, little. <laughs> yeah, well, really? you know the correct pronunciation. Yes, you know the correct pronunciation is Adidas. Like in Europe, no or one something? says that. <laughs> now on with the countdown. He's got Robin's trifecta. His top three of the day up yeah. to number two. You should have told that to Run DMC. Uh, <laughs> number two. <laughs> Uh, similar topic here, uh, Riley Gaines is speaking yeah. out again. Well, it's kind of interesting, and, and I was kind of wondering if the worm might turn on this, but Riley Gaines, everybody knows who she is now, the college championship swimmer who competed against Leah Thomas, yeah. the transgender swimmer. She said in a recent interview, she said, I've got messages from women and men who are lifelong liberals, who once prided themselves, especially women, yeah. on the original feminist movement. They're seeing what's happening to the Democrat Party now. Just a few weeks ago, Democrats in the House, of course, uh, they had the women in sports and they didn't protect it at all. None of them voted for it. But she said, hey, that's not stopping people. The amount of support that I've gotten from liberal women, again, these are women who consider themselves feminist, is really amazing. These are women who are sick of their own party. Their representatives are not listening to their constituents. And these women have had enough, said Gaines. So, yeah. I do think it's worth it, what I'm doing. Yeah, I liked what she did last week on Twitter. She started calling out famous female athletes. Like, okay, you got to choose a side here. Yeah. You got to protect women. Serena Williams, where are you? Yeah, exactly. Crickets. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was Well, good for her. She's sticking to her guns. She's really, I mean, for the arrow she takes, for the amount of grief she takes and the threats... But there My are gosh, so many man. people that appreciate what Absolutely she's doing, Absolutely they do. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. Yeah, the Scott Robbins trifecta, the top three of the day. And number one. Number one, depression rates have hit a record high. Yeah, this is sad news. Percentage of adults in the U.S. who indicate receiving a diagnosis of depression during their lifetime has risen 29%. It was 10% in 2015. Meanwhile, the percentage of Americans presently undergoing treatment or experiencing depression has risen to 17.8%, an approximate seven-point surge over the same time frame. They represent the highest rates ever documented by the Gallup poll since the adoption of the current data started in 2015. Now they're asking the question, so what's the cause of all this? Where, why is this happening to mm-hmm. so many people? And there are a lot of different answers. Some answers are social media. Yeah. is part of it leading the way. Some of it is the, the nutty confusion over gender and ideology and wokeness is depressing people. Yes. 
and uh, others are saying environment. You know, there's all kinds of things that go into it. But it is really startling when you look back on that and you think, oh, my gosh. Well, I saw in the Wall Street Journal today, they had a whole thing about young Americans dying at alarming rates. Yes. Years of progress. Now, I would say if you were looking for anything good out of that, because it has been depressing to see over the last couple of years what's yeah. happened with younger adults. Young kids, yeah. When you compare it to the early 70s, like death per 10,000 people yeah. of younger people, it's way down. Even by 2021 standards compared to, I mean, 70s through the 80s. Or a lot more younger people dying at that time than now. You know, I don't think anybody realizes that. I would not have realized I mean, I that had I not that actually either. looked at the chart. But yeah, I thought that was... And the causes were what? Well, we have to get into that another time. Oh, and okay. there you have it. Right. Yes, that is the Scott Robbins okay, trifecta. Okay, Casey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Goodbye. He's not taking tomorrow off, is he? He's back tomorrow? No, no, we got a three-day weekend coming up. He's going to work tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Got it. All right. News update to get to, and Nimrod's in the news on the way. I'm Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I, I just, I, I can't believe how eagerly so many, I, I understand Democrats, but with the media, how eagerly so many of them are to try to uh, uh, downplay the significance of FBI whistleblowers coming out and talking about how there is internal rot within the FBI. Because that's the type of story that 15 years ago would have been huge. W- yes. Regardless of, and again, I don't I don't know the three gentlemen who were testifying on Capitol Hill today personally. Maybe they are full of crap. I have no idea. Seem rather credible. Seem credible to me. But again, you don't you don't really know. You have to find out more information. But if you actually had whistleblowers from the FBI talking about being punished for going against the company line, for sharing mm-hmm. news articles that call into question the actions of the FBI leading up to the Capitol riot, things like that. That that should be a pretty big story, at least to be curious about. But it's interesting watching the CNNs of the world coming out and pre-bunking everything instead of actually listening and then judging based on the facts. But they're all run by the power brokers. Right. That have to create the narrative. I mean, I think Tucker Carlson put it really well in one of the videos that he put out, which is the number one question, the most important question, anytime you are confronted with a story, is, is it true? Yes. That's it. But they want to shape the narrative because they're not news. It's propaganda. I just, every time you get frustrated, I'm like, well, yeah, it's propaganda. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nimrods, ready? Let's do it. Mm Mm-hmm. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Uh, this particular person makes Nimrods, I think, for the excuse of doing this more than anything else. Dude in Indiana breaks into a Goodwill. Started grabbing stuff. Someone saw him, saw him hopping a fence around the property, called the cops. He tried to run. Cops caught him. Uh, he admitted, it, yeah, yeah, I took all that stuff. Why'd you do it? Honestly, I was just feeling stressed. <laughs> well, that's it. Stress reliever. Oh, yeah. Get some exercise, rip off a Goodwill, whatever. He's in a lot of trouble. And that's Nimrod's in the news.